Welcome to the Leadership Download Podcast. My name is Cameron Singh, co-host of the podcast. Uh, today we have uh, an interview with special guest Ryan Hawk. Um, Ryan Hawk, in case you don't know who he is, he's the host of the Learning Leader Show. He has recorded more than 500 episodes over the past eight years. Forbes called the Learning Leader Show the most dynamic leadership podcast around. Inc. Magazine said it's one of the five podcasts to make you a smarter leader. Apple named it an all-time bestseller in 2020 and 2021. Ryan is also the author of Welcome to Management, How to Grow from Top Performer to Excellent Leader. A book authority named it to its best, 100 best management audiobooks of all time. And Forbes called it the best leadership book of 2020. And Ryan's second book is called The Pursuit of Excellence, The Uncommon Behaviors of the World's Most Productive Achievers. Previously, Ryan worked in corporate America for 12 years. He started as an entry-level telephone sales rep and worked his way to manager, director, and ultimately VP of sales for a multi-billion dollar company. When he's not recording podcasts or writing books, Ryan tries to help leaders be more effective. And some of the ways which he does this is through his leadership circles, one-on-one advising, and teaching in the Learning Leader Academy, which is an online school that he created. Ryan has delivered hundreds of keynote speeches on leadership and performance excellence all over the world. And on today's podcast, we're going to discuss the topic of leading yourself, which is discussed in Ryan's book, Welcome to Management, How to Grow from Top Performer to Excellent Leader. You are in store for an amazing interview here. Um, Also, Ryan Hawk is going to be a keynote speaker at the NBA Leadership Conference, and that's in Charlotte next week. So um, if you're in aviation, you know what that is, and uh, I'm definitely going to be there. But you're in store for an amazing interview with Ryan Hawk on leading yourself. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast and really taking the time out of your busy schedule. Um, thank you for responding to, to our requests. And you know, today's topic that we're going to be discussing is something that um, is very important to us. And you really hit home on a, a lot of several interesting topics uh, with your book, Welcome to Management. Oh, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, so, Ryan, t- tell us a little bit about uh, what this book, Welcome to Management, is about. Um, <clears throat> early in my career, I was um, a high-performing sales professional, uh, got promoted to become a first-time manager. And while I worked at a fantastic company, there were some training components. Um, there weren't a ton. And as I did my research, I found that that was very common across companies far and wide throughout the United States. And um, to me, I, I, I made a lot of mistakes as a first time manager. There's just so many aspects of it that you don't realize that are involved in the job until you're actually in the seat doing it. And so I, I wanted to write a book about all of those welcome to management moments, uh, meaning like, oh, I messed that up. I messed that up. I messed that up. And so trying to help someone else who could read it 
uh, not make the same mistakes that I did. And so my hope for the book, and it's cool to see that this is happening, that when somebody gets promoted for the first time, they get a great handshake and a hug from the hiring manager. And then, and then they also hand them this book, uh, as to say, Hey, this could be helpful. So that's really the, 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 it was written for the earlier version of me in order to not make the same mistakes that I did when I got promoted for the first time. Mm, That's really good. And I really liked how you started off the book, um, which I've often read, uh, you know, several leadership management books, but I really like your structure of the book. And you started out by talking about, um, becoming the learning leader. Um, you know, oftentimes when leaders, uh, individuals get to their first promotion, their new, their first management job, it can become very overwhelming and there's a lot of chaos. So can you unpack what this means and, uh, why you chose to talk about this really first on, uh, in the book about becoming, um, the learning leader? Well, I mean, it's the name of my podcast for for a reason. Is the fact that when I when I analyze all of my the 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 leaders in my life who I admire the most, starting from my mom and my dad, and then on to some of my coaches that I played for, as well as then teachers that I was lucky to learn under, as well as bosses at work. Um, my favorite ones, the ones I admire the most, the ones that that eventually became the most accomplished were the ones who were constantly working on themselves, never believing that they had things figured out. They were always a work in progress. They were learning leaders, leaders who were striving to be better, striving to learn. They were the ones always reading books and sharing the stories and key indicators of what they're picking up. They were implementing based on their learnings. They were meeting with mentors. They were taking action to try to improve themselves. And the the leaders who I disliked the most, the ones who I thought were least effective were the ones who had it all figured out. They had every answer to every question. They never had questions. They didn't lead with any source of curiosity. They just knew what they knew and that was that and this is the way it's going to go. And to me, becoming a learning leader is somebody who is focused on bettering themselves, realizing that you'll never arrive, you're always becoming. and I, I like that mindset. I, I am attracted to people that view the world that way and that are working on themselves and have the humility to understand that. Actually, it's funny that now I've done 500 plus uh, interviews for my podcast, The Learning Leader Show. And I felt feel like at the beginning of that eight and a half years ago, I felt like I knew a lot about leadership. I knew a lot of, of what it means to be a good leader. Now I feel like I know even less which is weird because you think you'd know more. While I have accumulated a ton of knowledge, I realize now there is so much more to learn. So it's this weird dichotomy that the more you learn, the more you realize there's so much more out there. And so that's, I think, the the overall kind of anatomy of what a learning leader is, is, is taking, taking that viewpoint. Yeah, and I think that's the first tendency because I know I experienced that myself in the aviation industry, being promoted to my first role going from the individual contributor to overseeing about 150 employees. Um, I remember I had to, I acted like I knew it all, but the reality is I wasn't progressing until I went to my boss and said, Hey, I have no idea what I'm doing. I had, <laughs> had no idea what to do, whether I'm doing things right or wrong. And um, once you have that learning, learning mindset and, and uh, that you don't know it all, you end up, you end up progressing a bit quicker. For sure. Yeah. I, I think <clears throat> that 
that posture is a healthy one, that there's something to learn from everybody uh, of, of approaching people with curiosity uh, versus judgment, uh, open mind, uh, going to meetings, going to places, uh, being fascinated about the potential of what you could learn. I think that like having an open mind, right? It doesn't, your mind's like a parachute. It doesn't work unless it's open. And you know, my wife told me that many years ago. And I think that's so accurate of, of an, a, 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 the right approach to trying to do something with excellence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I really like the, your first part of the book was all about leading yourself. And um, this is another thing that I was amazed about that you you talked about this first, in the book, because oftentimes you read your typical management book, they talk about, you know, building culture, leading your teams and leading yourself to me is um, that's a topic that I myself am very passionate about. And it is very critical to and essential for success in leadership. Um, Self-awareness is a critical component of leading yourself. And so how does someone become more self-aware and, and why does this matter specifically for that new leader? Well, I mean, think about leaders in your life who were not self-aware. How, how fun was it to work for them? Uh, how uh, effective were they? I mean, you, you probably know some of these people right now that, that, that you look at them and say, they just have a low level of self-awareness. They don't understand. They don't look in the mirror. I, 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 <laughs> I had a, a Zoom meeting with one on Friday, and I just thought, like, the, the guy just doesn't get it. And it, it's evident, uh, just no awareness of how he's coming across and what he's saying of all these things versus the one who has a full understanding of themselves, who regularly um, are working on themselves because they realize they don't have it all figured out. I think that the key indicator for me to ensure that my awareness level stays high is who I surround myself with. Who's in my kitchen cabinet? Who's on my mentor board of my advisors, right? My personal NBA, my mentor board of advisors. Those people or my friend Brooke Cups would say those few people in your foxhole. Brooke's one of those foxhole guys for me, a mentor of mine. I've had on my show that's a close friend now that I can, whether you have a series of group texts, a series of, of times you get together to meet, say, hey, I'm thinking of doing this this way. This is what I said. Hey, can you analyze this keynote speech? Can you, right? People regularly providing with feedback saying, hey, man, did you realize <clears throat> your opening made it set the tone this way <clears throat> that the posture of that whole keynote was off because of how you opened? Did you realize that? You need other people. You need help from those who I think they have a few qualities. They have to deeply care for you. They have to want you to do well, right? And they're not, they can't be those ones who are secretly a little bit jealous. So they're in a way rooting against you. Those don't work for this MBA, this personal mentor board of advisors. Who are those people who can keep you in check, who can push you a little bit, who can challenge you, who are able to say, hey man, that's not the right way to go about it. I think that's critical that having those people are the ones who keep you uh, I think with a higher higher level of awareness versus the leader who only surrounds himself or herself with yes men or yes women, where they will say yes no matter what. They'll nod approvingly, even though then they'll go on a side door and a side lobby and they'll talk about the fact that like what is he doing? He's crazy. This is an idiot. But the, but but they 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 have not built a culture of psychological safety enough to be able to say directly to your face, hey man, that's not right. This is what you should change. This is what you should do. Or hey. Do you realize what you've done or what you said there, why that could be off? Like, we all need people like that. I was so lucky earlier on. I had I had a few guys, I'm thinking of them, like Jamison Harkey and Parker Mays and David George, who they would come to me 
privately after I messed up in a team meeting when I was a newer manager and they'd say, I don't think that set the tone that you wanted. I don't think the message that you intended, I don't think you said that well. Here's how we received that. And I'd say, what? You know, where I'd be completely off or I completely missed it when I think I was fully aware of what I was doing and, and was lucky enough to have people say, that's no, that's not actually how it was received. We need to, you need to course correct. So I, I just think when it comes to awareness, like a lot of things in life, you need, you need other people around you who care for you and, and want to help you. Mm -hmm. That's so true. I'm, I'm involved in a group right now where we're trying to build out um, a certain venture and the people that I've surrounded myself with, um, we trust each other so much and we've developed a good rapport that we can say literally anything to each other in terms of feedback and say, hey, you're not doing this right, not doing this right. And, you know, our first instinct is not being going on the defense where it's more we think about it and, wow, he's actually, this person's trying to help me out. And so you take it a different way. And I think it's really important to have those type of people, like you said, your MBA surrounding you, um, because it's only going to help you move towards in the positive direction. For sure. Yeah, you're right. <clears throat> you're right. So Ryan, mindset is another topic that you discuss when leading yourself on the inside. You know, I recall uh, when I was in my first leadership role, I had a lot of self-doubt because I was probably 20 years old, uh, leading about 150 employees, and I wasn't sure of myself and I wasn't confident. Um, so, and I know I'm not the only one that experiences this. Um, so how should new leaders train their mind so that it helps them progress in their leadership journeys? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of ways people develop confidence. I, I think it's hard to be fully confident of something if you don't know what you're doing. So uh, one of the things I try to work with people when they've raised their hand to say that they want to be a manager before they are one is to help get them repetitions before that. So I would do this as a training of those people who had raised their hand who I thought had the competence and the potential to be one where I'd actually put them in the role temporarily to get repetitions before they did it. So for example, I worked in the sales world. So I would have a, the top performer who said they wanted to be a manager actually listen to calls. And I would tell my team, I'm doing this, they're listening to calls and then they would provide coaching feedback to one of their teammates and I would be in the room with them. And then I would provide feedback on their feedback on their coaching. So I think if you can, as a leader, if you can try to get your people reps, um, that's a way they can build confidence. Some of my, my, my better leaders who initially were individual contributors who went on to become leaders, um, uh, that was a, those is a re really helpful exercise. So I, I just think try to put yourself in the role as much as possible. If you have to do this on your own, grab a mentor, get other people, ask for help. You'd be surprised. A lot of people are flattered when you reach out and say, hey, I'm working on this specific skill that I'm not that confident in. Could you help me get better at it? I mean, they're flattered because you're asking for their advice. That means you think that they're good at something, so they're going to probably help you out. If you ask with specificity and you give a, a compliment with specificity, you'll probably get a yes. I think the chances are go, the chances go up. So find ways to get reps at something that you're not comfortable with yet. That's the only way that I've learned to get good at something. I mean, whether it's playing quarterback or making a sales call. I mean, I was so nervous to make sales calls initially. I didn't want people to think I was stupid. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to open. I didn't know what to say if they had a, uh, had any type of, if I faced any sort of rejection, like all of it. 
uh, I didn't know what to do, but you know how I learned to get good at it? Was just you have to fight through the initial embarrassment, fight through the initial slog that it's hard. And then you can almost prove to yourself that, yeah, I was scared to death. I didn't know how to do that. And now I and now I got good at it. The the number one way I think to learn usually is to do it. So it's like find a way to get in the arena, find a way to mimic what it's like to do the role that you want to do and then get reps. Usually that has to take place outside of the working hours. I think that's the way to go, right? You got to during the during your working hours, you got to be excellent at your current job. Like that's rule number 1. Um is to be excellent at whatever you're currently doing and then it, in addition to that Figure out what are the skills needed for the next role and work on those outside of working time. That way you'll have more confidence when you're actually doing it for real. Yeah. Yes, Ryan. I think mindset is is really something that that I struggled with. And I think other leaders from what you discussed, uh, they can learn a lot in terms of you know building their confidence, building their uh, self-esteem in um, knowing that they can do the job successfully, especially when being promoted in your first leadership role. And um, leading on the outside is also important when being promoted into your first leadership role. One of the things that I struggled with the most um, is I got very overwhelmed and time management was an issue that I had because um, I was going from an individual contributor to going in oversight of a large team. Um, what are some pieces of advice you can provide on on how new leaders should approach a uh, time management. My dad told me the number one thing to remember when you get elevated into this role is that your primary job is to be there for your team. Uh, not, not the people above you, but for your team. So to be present for your team, whether that's through your one-on-ones, uh, riding along with them when they go on sales calls, um, you got to be there for your team. He goes, you're going to get inundated. You're going to get sent so many meet, so many meeting notices that you won't know what to do because now you're in an elevated role and they'll be asking you to go to all these different meetings and you're going to want to say yes because you want to be a team player. But you have to remember your top priority is your people. And I think that's what I also messed up despite getting the advice early on that this is what new managers mess up is you end up spending a lot of time in your office with your door shut because you're on conference calls or Zooms or whatever. And then all of a sudden, your people are kind of left out alone. One of the worst pieces of advice that is given so much that I hate is hire great people and then leave them alone. That's not right. The top people want to be coached. The best people want feed. I want feedback all the time. I crave feedback. I hated that I didn't feel like I got enough coaching as a rep. So I thought I got it. My top people need coaching. They want it. And the only way to do that is to is to ensure that they remain priority number one. Yes, you do have to go to more meetings. You do got to do some of those things. But make sure you don't lose sight that this team, this group of people that you are now in charge of leading, you are serving them first. And I understand the elements of taking care of your boss and managing up to build your career. Like, yes, those are all parts of building a career. But I think if you serve your people first and you support them and you flip that org chart upside down, meaning you report to each of them, that gives you the best chance for any career growth, right? Is doing right, doing the current job excellent. And the way you do that job excellently is to be focused on the people that you are serving. So that's the that's the the primary thing I would think about is when I'm designing my days, they come first. And then everything else is second and third. But remember about your people, the people that you're leading and focus on them. 
Yeah, that's so good, Ryan, because uh, I remember one of my first managers working working in a frontline role, and I noticed when he came in the he, when he came to work, he would spend probably the first half hour to hour. He wouldn't go straight to his office. He would go straight to where the team was. He would spend time with us, check the schedule for the day, what was going on. Because oftentimes when he would come in, operations would be busy, things would be going. Um, and so he would spend time with us. And I just enjoyed that and really looked up to him from that. And then I, I took that on and uh, shifted my mindset. And instead of you know focusing on results, you know the metrics and you know all the stuff that's on a day-to-day basis that can consume you as as a manager is I try to shift that mindset is I'm here to serve the people that I'm leading and once you have that servant mindset you switch around your schedule very differently uh you know you might have to miss some meetings that you might just be invited to um just because um and it really helps to show that you, with your team that you're there for them. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a really great point. If, if, if you want them to understand that you it's, – it's, 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 it's not similar to a marriage, but in a way my wife needs to know that she's always priority one, ahead of the kids, ahead of anything else, always priority one. And my actions, it can't be just what I say. It has to be what I do. And the same is true with your team. If you claim that they're your top priority, then make sure that your actions follow your words. And so if you're going to if you're going to say that, which a lot of people do, it doesn't count to just say it. You have to do it. So design your work schedule so that they know that they are your top priority. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a good transition in our new our next topic is, you know, one of the chapters you talk about is how your presence is required. Yeah. Um, I think you touched on it a little bit. We talked about it a little bit, but let's take a deeper dive into this is why is this important? What does it mean that your presence is required and why is it important specifically for new leaders to understand this concept? The same thing we were just saying. I, I, I mean, it's, it's just like with a kid, uh, your, your kids care more about your presence, as I wrote in there, with the presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, than your presence, right? Than the Christmas presents or birthday presents you give them. They want you there. They want to they make sure that you're present. And when I mean present, I mean not just showing up with your body there, but fully engaged and present in the activity, whether you're playing soccer in the backyard with your daughter or you're sitting and doing a phone ride with somebody in their cubicle as their manager. You're not looking at your phone, doing emails, doing other stuff. You're actually present. And so, uh, again, this a lot of the stuff I learned comes from my dad. Very fortunate to have my dad as my ultimate number one mentor of saying, hey, man, your presence is required. Again, your team and your people are priority one. Make sure you show up. Make sure you're fully present and engaged with your team. That's that You can never lose sight of the fact that that's, that's priority one. Well, that's really good, Ryan. Before we go into the the final question, and um, I do have a few fun questions after that. Um, Ryan, how can people connect with you and, and the work that you're doing today? My website's learningleader.com and everything I do uh, will will be, that's the home base. So learningleader.com, my podcast is the Learning Leader Show, which is, which you can you can find that wherever podcasts are found. But yeah, learningleader.com has everything. 
All right. Well, thank you, Ryan. So with the work that you're doing today, um, what is one thing that you're seeing um, new new leaders struggle with the most in, in today's world? Um, I, I get the question about imposter syndrome quite a bit. So somebody gets promoted and they're unsure or uncertain of what to do or, or why, or sometimes they have doubts. So again, this is why I, I try to get ahead of that. Um, if they're already past the point of getting promoted, then it's just all about getting the repetitions, not having to be the CAO, the chief answer officer, realize that you can say you don't know. Now you got to learn and you need to learn quickly, but you don't have to be the person who acts like they know everything. It's, it's focusing on getting repetitions, doing the work, make sure you're meeting with that personal MBA, right? surround yourself with people who can help you when you have questions have a handful of people you can go to how should i handle the situation oh no i have to fire somebody i've never done that before what am i supposed to do right get those people around you don't be afraid to ask for help from people who are further along than you i found the people who are most effective seem to do that really well mm. all right so now we have a couple of fun questions here um dead or dead or alive who would you like to have lunch with so, um, probably, uh, Dave Matthews, Peyton Manning and Doris Kearns Goodwin. Mm, okay. And then what's something that you've read most recently that you would recommend? The Wright Brothers by David McCullough. It's a biography written by one of the greatest storytellers uh, of our time. Uh, unfortunately, uh, he passed away recently. But uh, I live in Dayton, Ohio. It's the home of the Wright brothers. Their their uh, bicycle shop where they started working on the first flying machine is about 15 minutes away from where I'm standing right now. And on on top of just an amazing story of grit and resilience and curiosity and accomplishment is the fact that um, uh, it's just just two guys and their and their and their sister really working hard on something that people thought was impossible and. They let their curiosity drive them, um, but it's a beautiful, beautifully written story, and it's all true. It's pretty cool, and I do have hometown pride since um, I, I live where those guys did too. Ooh, awesome. And then last question is, um, what is it something that you've done in in your leadership journey that you would recommend to others? Something I've done? Mm -hmm. Something you've done that you would recommend to others. Um. I mean, kind of what I just mentioned, I would, I would say following my genuine curiosity has paid off more than pretty much anything I've ever done. I mean, I, st I started my podcast eight plus years ago because I'd finished my MBA and I wanted to go back to school, but I didn't love the formal education style of them telling me what classes I had to take in order to get a certificate like an MBA or another advanced degree. And so I, I instead decided to, to create my own form of a leadership PhD program. And I got to choose every single one of those professors by um, uh, uh, doing it in the form of a podcast. And, and maybe I could create community along with me um, if they want to learn along with me. And so I would say following my genuine curiosity has, has been very, um, op it's created a lot of really cool opportunities for me. Hmm. That's good. Well, thank you, Ryan, for your time in pouring into our audience in terms of sharing your leadership content that you've written on. Um, appreciate you taking the time and talking about leadership and all the work that you're doing in the leadership space. I think it's impacting a lot of people around the world. And uh, 
really appreciate your time and look look forward to seeing you at the NBA Leadership Conference. Are you going to be there? Oh, yeah, yeah. of course you're going to yeah. be there. That's how this whole thing got started, man. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Yeah, dude, I'm excited to be there and be with yeah. Dr. Uh, Dr. Proctor. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, looking forward to it. And uh, thanks again for your time and yeah. to actually responding to the request because oftentimes we we put – you know, we put requests out there and sometimes we get no response. So it was pretty awesome to, to have you on this podcast. For sure, man. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. And I'll, yeah, we'll see you in about what, I guess a month or less of the month. Yeah. Less than less, yeah. Dude, it's getting here fast. This is awesome. Yeah. All right. Thank you. And, yeah. um, how can people connect with you again, Ryan? Learningleader.com everywhere. Uh, everything I do, I, I make sure it's there writing, all the work, uh, the keynote speaking stuff, and certainly my podcast is at learningleader.com. All right. Well, thank you so much, Ryan, and hope you all enjoyed uh, having Ryan Hawk on the podcast. Thank you. Wow. Well, that was an, a truly amazing interview and an amazing opportunity to interview really one of the, the most dynamic podcasts that's around today in the leadership space. Um, so it was truly an honor to have Ryan Hawk on our podcast. Um, if you really enjoyed this episode, really enjoy the content for Ryan Hawk, you can connect with the work that he's doing. It, his website is learningleader.com. Again, Ryan Hawk's website is learningleader.com. He has some amazing resources out there, a lot of different opportunities where you can plug into his content and the work that he's doing uh, within uh, leadership. And uh, Another item, if you are wanting to receive uh, his content as well, you can text Hawk to 66866. Again, text Hawk to 66866. Um, really hope you enjoyed the content that we brought to you on this interview with Ryan Hawk. Again, if you're going to the MBA Leadership Conference in Charlotte next week, uh, Ryan Hawk will be one of the keynote speakers. Um, we. If you want to connect with us as well in the work that we're doing, uh, you can go to our website, tcadvisorygroup.com. Uh, we're launching a new venture. All our info is on the website there. Um, connect with us on social media. All of our social media platforms are on it. Uh, and also, if you have a chance, feel free to give us a review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. That would help us out a lot. And um, thank you again for tuning in and we hope you continue listening and taking in the, the content that we are providing and adding value into your leadership.